Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. It's my joy over the years to welcome back a very few guests who, I was going to say, managed to... Uh, escape the Rottweilers and the God Dogs at the front door of the podcast and sneak around because they have something interesting to say, something thoughtful to impart or some wisdom to share. And uh, tonight, another one of those. Uh, a guy I remember from ages ago, he looks so different. He's been telling the most amazing story of uh, his experiences and what he's up to. But I'm, I'm delighted to welcome back Dave David or Dave Richmond. Nice to see you again. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. You are more than welcome. It's a joy. And I'm glad you've been up to all sorts of different things, and I can't wait to find out. But let's, for those um, three or four people in the world who don't know Dave Richmond, tell me a bit <laughs> about yourself. Uh, Remind well, us. Um, so I'm a, I'm an author. Uh, uh, I also have a, a background in financial, in the financial world. Um, I love to cook. I'm a family guy, I'm, uh, happily married. I got two, two grown kids. Um, but you know, I mean, relative to what we're talking about, I think my background is my, my, my most recent book that's, uh, that's done and out and published is, is one that, uh, that started out of a quest of mine, uh, a calling as it were to try to help people begin the hard conversations around the emotional side of trauma. And uh, uh, that was born out of uh, watching my sister go through terminal brain cancer right. and uh, having very deep talks with her and also observing, you know, kind of what we were, weren't able to talk about what was difficult, what not. And when I, when I went through uh, that process with her, um, I came kind of came to the conclusion and it was uh, backed up uh, thousands of times since that people are really well equipped, Doc, to talk about the tasks around their cancer. How do I go see a, a, a better doctor? How do I get time off of work? How do I navigate insurance? Um, how do I get my kids watched? Um, how do I eat healthier? These type of things they could wrap their brains around. But didn't matter if they were a doctor, a patient, a loved one, a survivor, caregiver, whatever. When it came to talking about the emotional journey, especially in relation to young adult and adolescent traumas that they experienced um, um, when it came to navigating the emotional facets of the, of the, of the journey, they just weren't well equipped to start hard conversations and have like deep authentic connections with people, even with their closest loved ones. Yeah. And I said, why is that? 
And so I went on this big, huge quest over a number of years to try to not give answers, but just just find out uh, from real life experiences, you know, what are some of the difficulties people are encountering in this area? Um, how are they able to uh, navigate the hard conversations? Why aren't they able to navigate those kind of conversations? And what can we learn from them so we can bring it to our own lives? So to put some of this in context, uh, mm -hmm. your own background is as a triathlete. I think you've done over 50 yes. triathlons. Yeah. So, I mean, you I have done. Yeah. Go on. When I was um, in a, a super low point in my life, my, my, my mid to late thirties, mm -hmm. I was an overweight smoker, uh, miserable, stressed out at the time I was, I was married to an abusive alcoholic uh, with four, uh, four-year-old twins and a uh, very, very uh, destructive uh, lifestyle um, uh, just, just was going nowhere. And at that time, um, I, I kind of realized that I was at that low point and also got the news about my sister. And I said, wow, you know, so you're getting a chance to maybe change your life and live for the better. You, you, you know, June doesn't have that chance. She's right now uh, going down a journey that's going to lead to a certain death. Why don't you change some things? So, and, so, so, so that's yeah. interesting. Let me leap in because as someone who's talked to lots of people, yeah, uh, and you've gone through this process yourself. Some, sometimes the enlightenment you get is for yourself, isn't it? Because you you say that in a quite um, in a quite easy way. Oh, I just decided to change my mind, and my mm -hmm. sister had cancer, and blah 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 blah. But actually, it's not that difficult. It isn't that easy. You don't just change your mind like that. It's tough, isn't it? How, how did you? How did you? How did you actually decide to change your mind, and how did you actually change it? It's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah especially if you set out to go find the answers for yourself without like much context or whatever, like, you know how, like sometimes you hear something 50 times, but you didn't really hear it till the 51st time. Yeah. And, and then like, once you hear it, you're like, Oh, now I get it. But it yeah. took you 50 times to hear it. So I had heard from myself, my inside voice, my outside voice from a number of different people that, you know, I mean, listen, man, stop trying to, find people to fix, stop trying to create problems to get out of it. Like, like I just knew that I had no self-awareness or any self-care, but it just happened to be that at a specific time when I was just, just, I became aware of who I was and I didn't like it. Like I saw myself for the first time. Right. Then I saw myself in reflection to my sister and our journey, potential journeys. And then at that same time, I just happened to have somebody say something to me that flipped on a light switch and, and it didn't make the transformation easy, but it made the understanding of that. I needed a lot of work to do easy. And it's like, I was at this low point in my life, right? I would mention, I just mentioned, and then I'm complaining to him about, ah, oh, you know, this is going on and I'm tired of my wife, you know, being so angry and violent and I'm tired of this. And, you know, now I got to watch my sister die blah, 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 and I'm doing all this complaining. And he just looks at me and he goes, dude, I have been listening to you complain for years. Mm. He goes, and every time that you do, it's the same thing. He goes, you treat everything as if it's a, a dog that you can pet, but you're only trying to pet wild rabid dogs. And then they bite you and you get all upset. Like what the hell happened? He goes, why don't you do yourself a favor? Why don't you look in the mirror and fix yourself? Stop trying to solve everybody else's problems. Stop trying to take it as a burden that a rabid dog bites you. Stop reaching for rabid dogs. Fix your problems. And I'm like, whoa. Like I heard it for the first time. And I went, oh, so I'm the problem, not everyone else. 
okay, that's a new way of thinking about it. And so um, then I said, well, if you're the problem, who are you? And that's when I said, oh, shoot, you know what? You're an overweight smoker who's completely stressed out and a miserable person. You need to change that. And then I said, well, and also you're getting an opportunity that somebody very close to you, if they had the chance to take this opportunity, couldn't because she, she's going to go down a certain path. And it's just all of that happened at the same time to, to not make it easy, but just like to open my eyes that I had a lot of work to do and I needed to do it fast. Right. So because, was, was it the fact that it was the needing to do it fast that helped? Yeah, because it did. It did help because I'm in my mid to late thirties and I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, uh, let's see. I don't want to sound trite, but I'm going to say it because I've only learned this over time is that I, I wanted to live on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, 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 like see myself for who I really am, like free my mind, like, like forgive myself for all the bad choices, forgive myself for the time I wasted, forgive myself for, you know, the problems that I created to get out of that got me nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, just pounded my ego or whatever. And, and, and just lean in and learn. And, so and I what, said, well, so how did you come up with a sense of purpose or was it given to you by what happened to the assistant? No, I didn't even know what the sense of purpose was. All I, I wanted to figure it out. I wanted to try to find it. What, what was it? What, what, like, I, I knew I was a good dad. I could be a better dad. I knew that I was a hard worker, right? There's certain things I knew about myself, sure. but those things didn't really give me purpose. I no. think um, what gave me purpose was to really be uh, present in each moment and trying to, you know, that old ad is like a, 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 a choice that you make is a choice to not make a, a, a thousand other choices you could yep. make, yep. you know? And so um, I said, well, if you're going to spend time and, and I'm already in my mid to late thirties, I don't have much time left. Right. I mean, I do, but I don't, I don't have, I'm not 18 with my whole life ahead of me. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm, I was 37 or 38 with a lot of life ahead of me, but make, be present and make, make a choice. That's the choice that you should make, that you want to make, that you're aware of, that you're open-minded so you can live on purpose, right. With a purpose on purpose, right. And try to figure it out. So if, if I could take an honest assessment of who I was, and then I could kind of free my mind and go, okay, just, just let it go. Like, forgive yourself. Yeah. Don't carry it as a burden. Don't be cynical. Don't, don't whatever. Just, this is your, this is your day one. Right now, what can I lean in and learn? So that my purpose is that to lean in and learn. What what can I learn? And I had no idea. Yeah. You know, okay. I, and I started with uh, athletics. That's what I started with. Yes. And and I said, okay, if I if I start to become healthy, where will that lead me? Yes. And that led me to doing um, a, a run, a triathlon, a longer triathlon, an Ironman, then multiple Ironmans, and twenty four hour runs, fifty mile runs, hundred mile runs eventually 5,000 mile bike ride, you know, I've done like crazy endurance athletic events. And that has given me a lot of focus, a lot of purpose, solved a lot of problems for me. Mm. Um, And, you know, um, really has bled into so many other areas of my life that I really think that I have endurance athletics to thank for finding all my different purposes in life. Yes. And, and of course, you use the analogy of cycling a lot in your writing, don't you? So mm-hmm. I think the last time we met, you would have just written Cycle of Lives. Yep. And uh, and this time you've got a new book in the in the offing called Winning in the Middle of the Pack. Is, is, so if that's if that's your title, I think that's a genius title, because mm-hmm. I think um, 
I think I think there's too much time spent about winning or leading or being the best or being sometimes it's enough to be yourself and um you know be in the middle of the pack but making the best of what you have rather than having to be the best of the best or the best against anybody else's standards. So, I mean, that's my reading of the title, but was that your thinking or was there another well, you're, you're a smart guy. So obviously you saw it in the title. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And I'm not saying that anyone listening is this kind of person, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that grow up looking for approval or thinking that others are thinking of them a certain way or they do things to please their teacher or their boss or their spouse or their employees or whatever, because they think that's who they need to be. Mm. When you think about people at the top, 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 you think about a Roger Federer or an Oprah Winfrey or something. Mm. They don't really care what anybody thinks, no. right? They, they, they care what they think. Uh, they really don't care what anybody else thinks. And, and it doesn't, doesn't mean that they don't care about people, right? They just, they're not driven by outward approval. They're driven by what they want to accomplish in life. And I think um, the beauty, what I've learned about the beauty of being in the middle of the pack is that nobody's watching and nobody cares. And that's fantastic. Because when I'm doing an Ironman, when I'm doing a 50 mile run, when I, whatever, go out for a training ride, nobody cares. Nobody's watching me. It only matters that I, that I care. And that I'm watching me, that I'm doing the best that I can do, that I'm I'm trying my best, that I'm making good choices. And that's a wonderful place because I definitely lived my life trying to please others and trying to fix things and trying to gain approval and, you know, try, trying to, you know, kind of be a hero, which nobody cares. I mean, nobody's watching, right? Yeah. And so how freeing is that to know that in the middle of the pack, you know, I, there's this wonderful a quote that that really has driven me for easily the last 20 years. And it's from one of the founders of the Ironman. And he says, you know, he says, I, when you're out there doing an Ironman during the event, you're going to want to quit a thousand times. He goes, and if you do, nobody's going to care, but the guy in the mirror is always going to know. Yes. And I went, Oh yeah, I hit home. And so that winning in the middle of the pack is just another way of saying like you so eloquently knew um, uh, just, do it, do it for the guy in the mirror. Don't, don't you know. So, so you see that that's really interesting because um, I'm actually quite fascinated in this subject of people's uh, being self-conscious. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of being aware of what of what people notice about you. I think it's an interesting thing in psychology. That 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 thing is a, it's an interesting process. So. So you're right about Roger Federer. Federer, he's he's earned that he's earned that right to mm -hmm. uh, not to care. He was a multimillionaire. He's won, you know, immune twenty odd Grand Slams, whatever. Blah mm -hmm. blah blah blah. But it's tougher if you're not there because actually you haven't proven yourself in a set in a sense. You haven't won a lot. You haven't made it in the conventional sense, especially in America. I'm guessing. So that that mediocrity thing. I mean, mediocrity is literally just being in the middle, isn't it? Um, yep. but people don't look at you. They're not that interested because everybody's really much more focused on their own stuff, but, but it's very hard. It's very hard to know that because actually we're all quite self-absorbed, don't we? So I'm just wondering how you, because we hear that message, oh, don't worry about what people think, but how, how do you, how do you get around that? How do you, how do you start to actually let that sense of judgment from other people mattering to you? how do you let that go? It, it it took a it took a while and it's a really wonderful thought that that you put forth and and I think it like the difference between being self centered and being self aware, 
Right. The difference between being a narcissist and and being comfortable with who you are and knowing that you're living your own life. There's there's a fine line between that, right? I I don't like people that walk around and know everything and know the answer to every question, but I love being around smart people, right? So, you know, there's a difference. And so I think that if you can be at peace with like let me just take a stupid example. You 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 know you're overweight, you know you need to lose weight, and you say to people, Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go on this diet, I'm gonna do whatever. And you you think like, oh, that's gonna make other people think good about me, or for a minute, that gives me some motivation, and then you don't follow through. And you kind of hide that fact and well, whatever, it'll go away at some point and you just are who you are. Okay. That's a very relatable example for a lot of people. Put that to the gym, put that to a project you want to do, uh, the, the, put that to taking more guitar less, whatever. And then you just don't do it. M my point is, and, and, and to the extent that you can is like, like be your best self, like do it for you. Like if, if what you really want to do is lose weight, then just do it. Like stop talking about it. Just yeah. do it. And, and I think that's really interesting because, and if you don't want to lose weight and you want don't. to be large, do it. Fine. Because actually it's your choice, isn't it? And I think, I yeah. think there's that thing, isn't there? I, there's a, 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 a very good a colleague of mine uh, specializes in weight loss. And um, she meets lots of people all the time who are desperately, you know, fixated either on food or losing weight or they've lost too much weight, wherever it is. And she's a larger person. And people say to her, well, you know, why should I listen to you? She said, because I'm happy with who I am. I, you know, my, I haven't got your issue. I might have a different issue, but I haven't got yours. So I can help you. And I think that's really telling. Now, this book, okay, winning in the middle of the pack then. So you mm -hmm. said it's all about people's stories again, which is something you do well. You sort of, sort of focus, focus, focus on this. I think it's really interesting. So what can people expect to find from it? What will they find in it? How, what are they going to get out of it from reading it, David? So Cycle of Lives has the goal of helping people, but it's not prescriptive. It's not, um, uh, it's not, it's not uh, me telling people how, what the answers are. Right. It's, it, it, it's just telling stories. And then maybe we can take those stories and apply them to themselves and winning of the middle of the pack. It's a little more prescriptive. It's a little more like at the end of each uh, chapter, I kind of give people a few things to think about and write down or whatever. But basically what it is, is a bunch of different stories of lessons learned in life and business and in endurance athletics that kind of, um, can help rewire your thinking about things uh, such as the fact that nobody's looking and nobody cares, or such as the fact that you need to set higher goals and worry about yourself. Like I'll give you an example. One, and, and, and cause I think in business in life and in endurance athletics, there's a lot of parallels. Hmm. So I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I tell this wonderful story of my first half Ironman. Okay. And I'm probably five months away from having quit smoking I'm still, you know, very out of shape, not, not, I'm not a fit guy. Right. Uh, but I'm trying to push myself to see what I'm, I'm, I'm capable of and okay, whatever. So I sign up for a half Ironman. I drive up there and I get to the start the next day. And it's one of these wave starts where uh, people go in different age groups. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I go to the start cause I've got to burn off some nervous energy and I watch these people and every single person walking by and every person at the, at the start is wearing a speedo and they look like a Greek God and they're like massively toned and they're athletes. And I look at myself and I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell are you even doing here? 
Like, you're such an idiot. You're a fraud. You don't belong here. This is stupid. You know, everybody's going to laugh at you. You know, like, 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 you know, you just, this is not you. This is, you're not one of them. And I finally went, oh man, all right, I'm just going to go home and pack it in. Cause this is not, this is not who I am. And then the gun goes off and I see the, the wave. And of course, some of the Greek guys, you know, go dashing into the water and swim away. Like, you know, like you couldn't believe, but then all of a sudden one dude flips over on his back and he starts duck paddling. And another guy is swimming to the side of the river because he can't, he can't swim. And like, one guy is swimming around in circles because he doesn't even know which way is straight. And I start laughing to myself and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm a better, like they don't care. Why should I care? Yeah. Like, right. And so, so I tell this, this story and it's like, well, you know, if you're doing the right thing and you're doing it for the right reasons and, and, and it's like, it's not hurting anyone and you're not hurting yourself and you're not being a bad person. And what the hell, who cares? Nobody cares about you. Just, just do the best you can do. Yeah. And so, so uh, that's what, that's what I think people can expect in the book is a lot of fun stories like that. And, um, uh, it, you know, how, how we can apply these stories to our life. It, it, it you know, doing that, I, I didn't consciously know this, but doing that affected me in, in my work yeah. because then I said, well, I'm going to do it for me. Cause I'm going to, if I'm doing the right thing, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. Just, just don't even worry about it. Just go do it. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, so that's an example. Yeah, it's a brilliant example. And um, did you write it with anyone in mind? I mean, a lot of authors who write books have a sort of, uh, you know, the avatar reader. Was there any, anything, or was it, or actually using your own? Um, well, I, I did. I wrote it for the middle of the packer. So the 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 Oprah Winfrey's of the world, you cannot you cannot read it. You don't need to know it because we already know you don't really are not driven by what other people think. And yeah. for the other end of the spectrum, the guy that's living on his grandmother's couch when he's thirty years old playing video games, um, honestly, or the deadbeat dad who's not paying his child support, they don't need to read it either because they they don't care what anybody thinks either, right? Yeah. Yeah, so a different way, <laughs> right? But but for the middle, uh, the rest of us who have varying degrees of I've lived my life for other people or hoping for their approval or because I think I should do this or I should be that. that I mean, I think those people could get get some value out. Like I did. I, I got value out of it. And and would you would you suggest that people read the first book first or is it, does it does it not matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't very, very different books. And I have books on finance and endurance athletics and i've got some fiction books and some other things that, that are coming out but but uh no just if you think the book might touch you um then yeah it's a it's a, it's a great book and i have to say i'm just buying it now on um, amazon.co.uk which, which is where i'm finding it it's on special offer hey. and i i love a bargain so they you know, there you not go. just a, not only a, a, an interesting Thank great you. book and but you, you know, a bargain you, you know what uh, um, is really sweet is is not too long ago, uh, just several months ago, the the audio version of Cycle of Lives came out, and I was just talking to uh, uh, someone who was listening to it, and they were like, "Oh my God, it's so amazing!" Because that fifteen different actors do each one of the fifteen different stories. Oh wow! And it made it just super super interesting. So uh, anything from the Cycle of Lives, also the the proceed, all the proceeds go to charity too. So that's that's another benefit. That's brilliant. Yeah, Tim, uh, it's been a joy again. I mean, you've always got such fantastic words of enlightenment and such practical ideas of how to help people. Uh, so I'm delighted to have seen you today, and I hope wish you all the best with the book. And when you when you get the next one, 
be my very first third time returner. How about that? Oh, I, I love that. I love talking to you. I mean, you're very insightful. You you obviously are very personal with your guests, and I, I definitely appreciate that. And um, it's definitely an honor. So thank That's you. Very kind of you to say. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. And listen, uh, you take care and all the very best with, with the with the book. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.